Chet Iyar, Taf, Shin, Ayin, Chet. Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Gavriel Tumbach, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, with uh, uh, just a beautiful song. It is a cover of a uh, 
of a uh, song that, um, let's see if I know the cover of what it is. I don't know, but um, um, there will be a link to the YouTube video of the song on our Facebook page, and you can see it there. I believe it's listed. Welcome one and all. Welcome into another edition of the Israel Show. We are here live. Um, immediately following JM in the AM every Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time, and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time that we're on. And um, you can listen to us on demand. And I'm sure if you are listening to us now, you know that. But you want to tell your friends, you want to tell your relatives, you want to tell everybody you know <clears throat> that might enjoy this kind of programming of Israeli music, of current events from Israel, analysis, and others. Tell them all about the Israel show and that they can listen to it whenever they want on demand via the Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available for free for iPhones and Androids, and also via the Nachum Siegel Network website, NSN. Dot com. Nachum, I'm sorry, NachumSiegel.com. Oh, my, you would think that it would become like part of my language, but sometimes it doesn't. And um, did I mention that my name is Mayor Weingarten? And um, I think I did. And thanks for joining us. So uh, we're going to get to some music, and then we have a lot of, uh, we have a, a, a heavy-duty lineup, as we usually do, of news from Israel. Uh, just want to mention this, because this is something good, so we should have some good news. The United States State Department, ever since uh, 1967, has referred to Yehudan Shomron, and the Golan, by the way, while we're at it, as occupied territory. So in any official report and so forth, they would refer to um, occupied um, West Bank, the occupied West Bank and so forth. Um, for the first time, probably in 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 history, I don't know. I I might be corrected, but um, for the first time, I believe in history. Um, the United States State Department, in their Human Rights Practices Report, which covers 2017, and that was the first year of the Trump pres- presidency, when they released their report on Friday, the section covering Israel which used to be entitled Israel and the Occupied Territories, did not use the word occupied. Instead, the section was titled Israel, Golan Heights, West Bank, and Gaza. That's pretty amazing. And in the body of the text, in the report itself, the State Department also scrubbed the word occupied, where, um, you know, we would like to not view that area as occupied. We could view it as contested, maybe, but you can't occupy your homeland. That's what Israelis will often say. Um, I think that's very cool. And um, I think that those of us who understand the differences that the um, Trump administration has shown vis-a-vis Israel... um, compared to the Obama administration are so uh, it, it's just outstanding you can't you can't ignore what an unbelievable difference this has made um, I'm, I'm reading from a report on Arut Sheva Israel, Israel com, 
that U.S. Ambassador to Israel David Friedman reportedly urged the State Department last year to end its use of the term occupied with regards to Judea, Samaria, and Jerusalem. And uh, Defense Minister Victor Lieberman, following the report, praised the uh, Trump administration, and uh, he tweeted, (laughs) which is, I guess, the best way to correspond with the Trump administration, that the move marked the beginning of the end of the false claim of occupied Palestinian lands. The false claim of occupied Palestinian lands is now being exposed. There is a saying that if you repeat a lie enough, it becomes the truth, but the truth is always stronger. Says uh, Avigdor Lieberman, Israel's defense minister, the report by the American State Department is proof of that. I I wish that would be true. Uh, Let's hope that it continues to be true. A new release just released out of Israel is a remake, a cover of a very well-known song, originally sung by Yossi Banai, in fact, also, I believe, written by Yossi Banai. Uh, The words were written by Yossi Banai. And and it's the memories of Jerusalem as it was back in the day when he was a little kid. And he, it's a nostalgic look at um, the different characters that were there the uh, the places that they you know would visit and the games that they would play very well known in Israel Aniva Simon Umoiz Hakatan is the name of the song this remake is from the Tavlinim who I had never heard of but they do a really cool job so I'm sharing it with you here on the Israel Show my name is Mayor Weingarten you're tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network <laughs> לבדי אני חוזר לסמטאות ילדותי אל נעורי שנעלמו עם השנים לחברים שלי האם הישנים אני חוזר אל הצבעים והקולות אל העיניים התמימות והגדולות אני חוזר אל השכונה אל עץ התות אל עפיפון אדום אדום קשור לחוט Thank you. 
brand new, just released, I believe yesterday, Hatavlinim is the name of the group that does the cover of the very well-known song, Aniva Simon Omois Hakatan, originally done by um, Yossi Banai. Thank you. Oh, gosh. I can't remember Yossi Banai's name. We're in trouble. We're going to share with you some of the celebration that took place on Yom HaTzma'ud, but um, something that has come up yesterday and today in the Israeli media, there's a trigger, you know, certain certain stories that, news stories that everybody knows are there, I shouldn't say everybody, but people in the know, the journalists and, and people in power and government know that a certain problem exists. And as much as... Um, Certain um, certain organizations and certain people try to bring it to the attention of the public and get it to be uh, something that is being talked about. It's on the public agenda. It, they they're not able to find the trigger that does it. Well, that trigger was finally found, and we'll tell you about the subject and the story and the trigger and all that. So. Um, just imagine this, and we'll post a video of it. This is um, this is um, a, a video clip that was shown on on Israeli news last night, and now is making it like it's going viral all over uh, the social media. Broad daylight, a caravan of vans and cars are driving near Beersheba on public road. The drivers and the passengers have their faces hidden. They're covered with bandanas and so forth. Young men leaning out of the windows or popping out of the sunroofs, brandishing machine guns, driving like madmen and shooting wildly in the air. You think of the wild, wild west, right? You cannot imagine that this is taking place in a civilized country near a major urban center. But it is. This took place near Beersheba when a caravan of Bedouins, hundreds of thousands of whom live in the south of Israel, just behave as if uh, there's no law. The video may, may finally break the long silence regarding this well-known problem of Israel's wild, wild south. And don't, don't be fooled, there's also a wild, wild north. And we'll speak about that maybe in the future. But the wild, wild south in Israel is worse. The government of Israel does not govern in any area of governance doesn't govern the Bedou- govern the Bedouins. The the Bedouins steal huge tracts of land, both Jewish land and government-owned properties. They build whenever they want, wherever they want. They're armed to the teeth. The claim was made um, today on one of the news shows in Israel that fifty percent of the population of the Bedouin population have guns, obvious, and, and, and usually machine guns. And obviously it's not legal. They don't, hold, they don't legally hold these weapons. They steal them or they buy them off of a black market and so forth. 
the government of Israel, I think we have to say, is afraid of them. Surely the individuals are afraid of them, but even the government and the police are afraid of them. These are gangs of Bedouins. They regularly steal, listen to this, hundreds of thousands, probably in the aggregate, millions of dollars worth of agricultural produce, agricultural machinery from Jewish farms and Yishuvim, Moshavim in the, in the south. They act as a mafia. They demand protection money from farmers. If you don't pay them, they set fire to fields, to Jewish farms. Imagine massive fields of, of wheat or, or vegetables or anything else that they set on fire. And the police does nothing. The government does nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And everybody, nobody can understand it. How, how could that happen? There is one organization that we do know of that has been highlighted on the Nachum Siegel Network. And again, I hope that now they will get more traction, but they're doing amazing work. We've mentioned them. Their name is Regavim. In Hebrew, it's Reish Gimel Bet Yud Mem. In English, it's R-E-G-A-V-I-M. R-E-G-A-V-I-M. You can look them up. They're on Twitter. They're, they're on Facebook, on um, at Rigavim Israel is where you would find them on uh, Twitter. On Facebook, it's just Regavim, R-E-G-A-V-I-M, as I mentioned. And um, they try. They try through the court system to stop the theft of land, of Jewish land. Can you imagine? In the land of Israel, in the state of Israel, in 2018, where, where Israel can stand up to its biggest enemies with an army that is probably the strongest army in the Middle East, the state of Israel can't stand up to gangs of Bedouins who are stealing Jewish land, who are destroying Jewish property, destroying farms, destroying produce, machinery. It it, it is beyond unbelievable. There are journalists who have been talking about this for a long time. Kalman Liebskin comes to mind. R.L. Segal comes to mind. Nobody was listening. Nobody is listening. Why can the government of Israel stand up to Hamas and not stand up to the Bedouins in the Negev? I don't know. And it's going to take a lot to solve this problem. And as I mentioned, we'll deal with this on another week, you have the same problem, not the same problem, but you have the problem in the north where Arabs, not Bedouins, Bedouins are in the south, Arabs, both Israeli Arabs and non-Israeli Arabs, who want to get the Jews out. I think that might be, a, I don't know if the Bedouins want to get the Jews out or they just want to have their, they want to, they want to uh, uh, amass wealth. In, in the north, I believe, it's the Arabs who just want to get the Jews out and do everything possible to make their lives miserable so that they'll want to leave. Also, they torch farms and people lose millions of, of dollars worth of whether it's, it's produce or machinery. It is insane what is going on up there. And again, the government is doing nothing. In fact... Some of the land that was left by farmers who could no longer take it was then purchased. Jewish land. Imagine what we're going through the opposite of Zionism. Jewish land was then bought 
purchased by Arabs, people that were fronting as Arabs. I shouldn't say as Arabs, people fronting for Arabs. You know, there's so much great stuff going on in Israel. There's so much great news, and we love to report it, and we love to celebrate, as we did on the 70th Yom Atzmot, to celebrate the greatness of Israel. But sometimes there's stuff that you just don't get what's going on. Why, where is the government? Where is the leadership? Why are, the, why are they not governing? I don't know. Hopefully, organizations like Rigavim will start getting more support in the United States and in other places and will be able to do more. Part of the problem is the court system in Israel. The court system seems to also somehow have misplaced sympathy for the Bedouins. They don't properly punish those that are are doing these crazy things. And that is also part of the problem that has to be somehow addressed and might be addressed in part by some of the... uh, uh, some of the legislation that is pending in Israel. Anyway, I wanted to share that with you because it is finally becoming a big story in Israel and I think it's important for us, everyone, everywhere who's listening around the world and in Israel to be aware of it and uh, to talk about it and to help support those that are in the forefront of uh, of dealing with it in Israel. Um, Rigavim, or at Rigavim Israel, and on Facebook as well. I'll post a few videos so that you could see what some of what's going on. The um, the caravan of of of, um, of Bedouins who were shooting in the air recklessly. And by the way, that's that's the way they celebrate. They shoot in the air as a celebration. So you have a caravan of cars, young um, young masked men sitting on the windows with their body outside and their legs inside the car shooting in the air because they're going they're going to a, a wedding and this is the way they celebrate in the Bedouin society um, having a gun and celebrating is a sign of strength and, and of, of, of joy so this is the way they celebrate and obviously one day uh, people are going to get killed by this crazy gunfire they're driving like crazy there is already videos of, of people that were injured because of the these uh, wild nuts driving in these um, Bedouin caravans. You know, we think of Bedouins as being, um, you know, on a camel, whatever. They do have camels, and that's another part of the problem. Uh, camels that are not um, identified, that are not taken care of, and are roaming around. A camel is huge, huge. And if it comes out of nowhere onto a road, and you're driving on the road, and you crash into it, you... And your car, you will get smashed, and and God forbid, person people can die. And the camel will will be fine. Isn't that crazy? That's how huge we don't realize how huge and heavy and strong the camel is. So that's another problem that's going on in the south. Part of the, all of the same problem: the wild, wild west. No governance, no government, no police, no nothing. So hopefully. We will be more on we and Israel, the press in Israel will be uh, will pay more attention to this and um, will keep you updated. Yosef Karduner, Afilu Behastara, beautiful slow song for this um, sphere period. Slow and inspirational music for you, uh, as is the 
custom here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show. <laughs>
Filu Bahastara, Yosef Karduner with that. So many beautiful fast songs and beautiful slow songs. How's that? We have a lot of great stuff to share with you. Um, a lot of beautiful things happened on Yom Atzmot. We want to share some of them with you. Um, we We played for... Oh, gosh. We played for you... The um, Kululam, this social singing, this gathering of people where they join together in song, hundreds of people, thousands of people, the largest crowd was this event, in, which took place a little before Yom Atzmaud, in, in honor of Yom Atzmaud, Kululam brought together 12,000 people into the... Um, what we used to know as the Yad Yao Basketball Arena in Tel Aviv. And um, together they sung Al Kol Ela with a huge orchestra. It, it was just beautiful. We played it. Well, you know what? We'll play it again this week, hopefully. We'll try that, even though it wasn't on the original playlist. Um, it really, really... It was gorgeous. It was it was a, a beautiful, and the video was amazing. Um, a friend of mine and his family went. They got tickets in advance. His wife got the tickets, and he says um, says to me, "I really, I really didn't feel like going. You know, I have other things to do. I have work, and you know, sing together with uh, other people. You know, you sort of like your voice really gets totally." absorbed by everybody else's voice and so forth and so on. And then he says to me, my friend, who joined his family at this uh, event where 12,000 people sang together, he says, when I got there and they handed out the sheet with with the words of the song, I got very excited. Because the song that they sang together was uh, Naomi Shemer's classic Alkol Ele and he said my friend did when do you get an opportunity to daven with 12,000 other Jews that's a beautiful way of seeing that Kululam you could see it as people singing together and unity through song but it actually is a tefillah the honey and the sting our small baby, please God, watch over all these things for me. And the whole 
song is about the beautiful things and some of the bitter things, the bitter and the honey, that we we pray to God to watch over, and God's name is specifically mentioned in the song. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to look at things from a little bit of a different perspective. You could see it just as people getting together and singing. But you could also see it as 12,000 people getting together and davening. And that is, I got to say, a really beautiful way of looking at it. And um wanted to share that with you because it... it it made me think again. Sometimes there are things that make you uh, make you think twice. That made me think twice, and it, it put a whole different perspective um, on that event, which we had spoken about, and we um, we played it previously. We played it um, on Jamin and AM as well, and um, we were talking about it, and and it just gives you a totally different way of looking at something that we've all been seeing but somehow don't see in in we don't we don't look deep enough into it and i thank my friend for pointing that out so what the heck we'll play it now kululam alkol ele 12000 people in um yad Eliyahu, i think it's now called miftahim menorah uh, arena in tel aviv my name is mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the israel show on the nachum Siegel network
Pat, one of our listeners, commented on the uh, app. Gives me goosebumps every time I watch or listen. Beautiful. I agree. I fully agree. It gives me goosebumps as well. Such a beautiful rendition of this tefillah. That's that's the point that we were making. That it's a tefillah and 12,000 Jews that are praying together as one uh, around the 70th doing so around the 70th uh, anniversary of the State of Israel, doing so in Tel Aviv together. It's it's miraculous. It's part of the miracle that is the State of Israel. Mayor Weingarten, bringing you um, yet another live edition of the Israel Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your week. Um, we promised, and we are now going to fulfill our promise, um, of bringing you some... Um, some clips from um, Miriam Peretz's um, speech. Miriam Peretz represented the um, the winners of the Israel Prize. Every year on Yom HaTzma'ot, the State of Israel gives out the highest civilian um, award, you would call it, prize, however you want to call it. Um, it's called Pras Israel, the Israel Prize. It is very, very prestigious. And um, the people that get it have usually contributed in some big way to Israel in various different um, areas. Music, literature, science, Jew- Jewish uh, thought, Jewish studies, um, and so forth and so on. This year was especially um, meaningful because it was the 70th anniversary, so some of the names were just special people that the State of Israel wanted to acknowledge. Natan Sharansky was there as one of the receivers. Um, David Levy. Those of you who remember back to the days of uh, Menachem Begin and the Likud of that period, David Levy was one of the young leaders of that movement. 
His daughter is now a member of Knesset, and polls show that she would do very well. I don't know if that's true or not in an election, but the polls show it, and and many more. Um, usually what happens is one of the awardees is picked to speak on behalf of everybody. And this year, Miriam Peretz, who was awarded the prize, was chosen to speak. Miriam Peretz, we've spoken about her many times on this show and on Jame in the AM. She's a very special individual. She, she came to the public knowledge through a very sad, difficult situation where she lost two of her sons in the Golani Brigade in military operations. And her husband died of a heart attack, as they say, a broken heart. And so she lost three of the men in her life. There are other parents who have lost more than one son. Even if you lose one son or daughter in the army, it is something that devastates you. The the thing that makes Miriam Parrott special is that she came out of it as she says, with a broken heart, but with a spirit to encourage others and to bring joy and, and, um, and a spirit of Israel and its heritage to as many people as possible. And she comes to people and she says, look, look what I've gone through, and yet I'm, I, I can be strong and I can celebrate life. I'm going to choose to celebrate life going forward and not to um, not to be stuck, if you will, in the death of, uh, of my loved ones. And she has really been a beacon of light to many, many people throughout the country or throughout the past few years. So we'll bring you a few pieces of her speech. She talks about... She starts off by paraphrasing Hinaniha Animi Maas, which the Shliach Tibur says on Yom Kippur, the beginning of Musaf, who am I? I don't have enough to to be, really represent all these people, and yet I ask God to help me um, and to be with my lips and my mouth to be able to express what I want to say. She says... You know, I feel a little silly here, looking around at all these other people on the dais. I haven't created anything, I haven't invented anything, I haven't written anything, I haven't discovered anything. But she says, I lost three men in my life, and my heart is broken in three places. And with that broken heart, I've reached out to people throughout the country with my very simple, in a simple way, a simple message of the land, of its heritage, choosing to do good, choosing to celebrate, choosing joy, responsibility, being involved in the betterment of society. And she says the wellsprings of love opened up to her. Miriam Peretz. <laughs> לצד עמיתיי, אנשים רמי מעלה שיצרו 
כתבו, חקרו והמציאו אנשי חזון ועשייה, אנשי אמונה. קטונתי, אין בידי יצירה. לא אוכל להצביע על תגלית שגיליתי או על נוסחה שפתרתי. יש לי לב אחד שנשבר שלוש פעמים בהודעות שבר נוראיות, נפילת בני בכורי אוריאל בקרב בלבנון, פטירת אישי אליעזר משברון לב ונפילת בני השני אלירז בקרב בעזה. עם הלב הזה יצאתי אל עמי, ובמילים פשוטות, בשפת הלב השבור, דיברתי על הארץ הזאת ומורשתה, על הבחירה בטוב, על השמחה, על הדבקות בחיים, על אחריות, על מעורבות חברתית. ומתוך הלב הזה, שפועמת בו אמונה, בארץ הזאת ובעם הזה, מתוך תהומות הכאב, נבעו מעיינות של אהבה. I think one of the more touching parts of this speech that she gave is her remembering her parents and how her parents living in Morocco were very simple people. She says her parents didn't know how to read or write. They didn't know Hebrew. She says if they would be at this ceremony, they would barely understand anything I am saying. But her father, her father understood certain words. They were, they were, um, they were sort of like code words for him. One of them was Yerushalayim. To him, Yerushalayim was almost like a fantasy place. And he would speak of Yerushalayim with, with a special spiritual feeling. Toda is a word that he knew. Bracha. She was 10 years old in 1963 when her father came over to her one night and told her that Mashiach is coming tomorrow. And she said, how will I recognize him? And her father said he's wearing an open shirt, shorts, and sandals. And the uh, shaliach, the emissary of the Jewish agency, took the family together with their whole community and 10-year-old Miriam Peretz from Morocco. But if you, when you listen to it, you understand this is Mashiach. We are now being taken back to Eretz Yisrael, something that we have dreamt of all these years. And in the most simple way, this is Mashiach who's coming to gather the exiles of Israel. יעקב ואיתו חיון שנולדו לרגלי הרי האטלס שבמרוקו. הם לא ידעו קרוא וכתוב ולא דיברו את השפה העברית. אילו היו יושבים כאן היום, היו מבינים 
רק כמה מילים מדבריי. מילים שבעבורם היו קוד. ירושלים, שלום, תורה ותודה. בכל לילה סיפר לי אבי על עיר שלא הכיר, שלא ראה בתמונות, ושתאורה עבר מאב לבן, ירושלים, שיש בה עצים נוטפי דבש וחלב, ולרגליהם רובצים אריות וכבשים. בכל פעם שהגה אבי את המילים ירושלים, הצמיד את שתי אצבעותיו לשפתיו, ומלמל בקדושה את שמה, תוך כדי נישוק כל אות מאותיותיה. ובאחד הלילות של קיץ 1963, הודיע אבי כי הלילה יבוא המשיח. לשאלתי, כיצד אזהה אותו, ענה, הוא ילבש חולצה פתוחה, מכנסיים קצרים, וינעל סנדלים. פגשתי את המשיח, את שליח הסוכנות היהודית, שהוציא אותנו מהמלאך בקזבלנקה, שם... שם גרתי עד היותי בת עשר, והביא אותנו לירושלים. And um, she goes on to describe what life was like there. They didn't have gas. They didn't have a refrigerator. They had very simple metal beds, like in camp, like, like in your bunk in camp. And yet the joy of being in Eretz Yisrael was so great for them. Uh, that she says she it's hard to to even understand and explain it uh one other short clip which uh, I'll play in Hebrew and um and then we'll um translate it and uh we'll close out the show this is um her telling something that her son told her <laughs> אפשר להקים ערוגה של מטר על מטר, אבל אלו לא סתם קוצים, אלו קוצי ארץ ישראל. טובים לי קוצי של ארצי מכל פרחי תבל. Her son that gave his life in defense of the state of Israel told her at some point in the fighting units where they get injured and tons of thorns and thistles and stuff get they get they get um, scratched and and penetrated by and they he says that if you put together all the thorns that um, he got stuck by during his army training they would make a, a they could be like a garden like a like an entire backyard garden he says but they're they're the thorns of Eretz Israel and I would rather a garden full of thorns of Eretz Yisrael than flowers from anywhere else in the world. And speaking of flowers, we'll end off with Rakafot Ben Aslaim, written by Ariel Horowitz, about the beautiful flowers, meaning the people, all the balagan in Israel that takes place, though, but when they are needed, 
the very special people of Israel always come out like the Rakefet comes out from within the boulders and stones of the uh, of the land of Israel. Before that, we say thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, right after us, Yoni Pollock, with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then a new show, Novak Now, with Jake Novak, a show that focuses on the big news stories and offers unique analysis from longtime TV news producer and editorial columnist Jake Novak. You want to stay tuned for that. And then Great Music Mix continues. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamie in the AM, I'm Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh, no. They're just running in a different race. Thank <laughs> I'm